This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey guys, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. I am Sarah Bivens and I'm hanging out with my husband, Matthew Bivens. Hey, beautiful. Hi, how's it going? It's going well. I'm feeling great. Yeah. Physically. Mm -hmm. I know you're not. I'm doing a lot better. So yeah. we actually didn't even record last week because I got the plague basically and sounded like death. And so I could not even really record. Anyway, that's why we didn't have a, a new solo show last week. But I'm happy to be back on the mic. So last week I kind of got hit with the ickiness. And then this week, Maya. Baby Maya got it. <laughs> and it's basically the first time she's been really sick i'm using well, she, air quotes she got sick. sick once before last year a little bit but it did and not last this long no it was just a runny nose and mm-hmm. nasty cough and she she otherwise she seemed totally fine this time though it kicked her butt and, and mine yeah both it's of been you challenging guys. yeah today was a rough day for you yeah rough day early mornings still nursing so that's r.i.p my nipples yeah. and after, <laughs> after we record this i'm gonna load up on all the crazy all the things juju voodoo stuff that we i love you say juju voodoo and it's like vegetables (laughs) is what you need to load up with like garlic and yeah (laughs) juju spices (laughs) incantations right (laughs) whatever i can do to keep myself from getting sick i'm gonna do yeah and then i'm going to pray as well Okay, cool. All right. So everyone out there, send your healing <laughs> vibes to Matthew to the keep protection, him protected the bubble. from our germs. Yeah. It's just going to upgrade you, though, for the year. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel great. I, I don't necessarily want the upgrade. <laughs> All right, fine. You can stay with the old <laughs> operating system. Uh, we have to settle something real quick before we go into anything else. And you said you wanted to put this out to our listeners. So we're going to do this. Yes. But I don't want to, uh, what's the word? Like, I don't want to give it away just yet. So think of, if you can, listeners, there's a word that Matthew and I are in a very heated debate over its correct pronunciation. And so I'll describe it without saying the word so that they could at least maybe have it in their head and say it themselves so that we're not tainting them with our opinions so it's a word for something old or prehistoric it begins with an a you know if yeah is that is that good is there anything else you would want to to describe it 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 typically describes 
a, uh, a classic history. period of history. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully you have the word right now. I am. I have always said this word a certain way. And where did it even come up? We, we were, were in the car and listening I was, to a podcast or something, right? Probably. I, think I was sharing something because I'm always talking. And then about we this said the stuff. word. We're like, wait, you say it like that? And you no, say it no, like no, that. no. This is what happened. We're in the car, uh-huh. and I think I'm telling you a story from a podcast I used to listen oh, to, okay. or I was listening to, and it had to do with this thing. And I said the word, and you were like, "Wait a minute, what? That's how you say it?" I didn't realize it was such a deep voice. Wait a minute. That's how you say it? Okay, so go ahead and say the word. Ancient. <laughs> ancient is like how you say it. I say ancient. Ancient? Ancient. Ancient history. <laughs> There's no C-H in ancient there. Ancient history. But okay, An- but when does... Ancient. That's what you say. Ancient. <laughs> Why do you go ancient? Like it's not... <laughs> so you can see where we have to disagree here. Because your word is not English. Ancient. So if you're just talking, you say, yeah, ancient history. But you, ta- you take the... I say ancient. It sounds like it's more effort and wrong. <laughs> Listen, can we, I'm... Can we pull up like the dictionary website that gives an audio? You know, it says the word. That'd be fine. They do that we on YouTube. That. Like on YouTube, they'll have the, the correct pronunciation of mm-hmm. all sorts of words. I say ancient. I think we should do a poll on Instagram and put it out there. So if you've listened to this episode... Uh, when are we, we're going to publish this, the day we publish this Publishing episode, this tomorrow. I will put an Instagram story on there with who pronounces it right, Sarah or Matthew, and maybe we could do a little recording and we can get votes and that'll... Okay, you say it your way again. Ancient. Say it again. Ancient history. Okay. Ancient. <laughs> it sounds like anxious. Like No, it doesn't. You're saying it like anxious. Hold on. Let me get my two... This, we're, this, we're putting this out right now so that they can vote. Okay. All right. So wait. Okay. I want to go again then. My official submission for this this vote, ancient. <laughs> Don't you laugh at me. I'll kill you. And my official submission, ancient. All right. We, we Our balls are in your court, as Michael <laughs> Scott would once say. Okay. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right. I want to do a listener review, a really awesome one. Cool. And then we'll roll right along. So this goes 
I don't even know what I'm saying. This <laughs> review is from Jenna Albany, New York, and it goes like this. I love this podcast. I am expecting my first baby and planning a home birth. This podcast has been really helpful to hear more about home birth since it's not typically the choice for birth location. I really needed to hear more positive information about home birth. I also love how involved Matthew is in the podcast. It's not just woman-led. It's couple-led. I think that's wonderful. I will keep listening after my baby is born. Thank you, Jenna. And that's congrats awesome. to you and sending you lots of love as you prepare for the birth of baby number one at home. Yeah. So that's yeah, really and, and cool. we really appreciate you, Jenna, for just taking a minute to hop over to iTunes and share that. You yeah. know, it's it's one thing for you to be thinking that, but for you to spend your time and energy to actually tell us, it means a lot. It really does. And whenever we see something like that, you know, a review like that on iTunes, it, it makes our day. I mean, really does. we forward them to each other. We oh, like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> It's just, it brings a huge smile to our face. So really sincerely, thank you. Yes, yes. And so if you want to hear your review or email or something read on the show, send us one. So you can drop a review there in iTunes or you can email us at hello at diahpodcast.com. And while you're doing that, go to our website, go to diahpodcast.com and check out all the cool things that we have there. Like our first free ebook is there, 12 things that made our home birth awesome. And we have a tab there called support. And that is where you can go to see how you can support the show. So as Jenna said, this is couple led, but it's also listener inspired and listener supported. Yes. So to keep us going, to keep us flowing, go there and see how you can lend either some emotional vibes and support or monetary or social media wise, whatever. There are all kinds of options there for you. So go check it out. And without further ado... Let's get into the topic. Yeah, we're going in. So I think it's really cool that we read that review. She talked about you being a part of this process and this being, you know, us leading it. And our topic is basically Papa postpartum, something you don't hear a whole lot about. But, you know, the first few months and year really a reflection on how it is for dad. You know, you might not necessarily be going through some of the physical changes that moms are, but hello, you're undergoing this whole transformation as well. And so, you know, let's give the dads some uh, some support and let's shed some light on that. And let's pick your brain, Matthew, to see what it's been like for you or what you've learned. And uh, this came specifically from a listener request. So I'll just read it real quick. It says, I would love to hear from Matthew about balance after baby. It's clear that women face major hormonal changes and have to work really hard to find balance again. But what's the husband or daddy's perspective through the hard nights, occasional meltdowns, breastfeeding or bottle feeding, going back to work, all of that. The whole postpartum and being there for his partner, but still taking care of himself when a lot of focus is obviously on mom and baby. So I think that's great. And what I thought we'd do is kind of treat this almost like I'm interviewing you since you are the dad and you can kind of share. And if I have any questions throughout, I'll jump in and we'll just go from there. Are we sure I'm the dad? I'm pretty sure. Really? (laughs) This is what you're doing? (laughs) So yeah. You're so funny. I'm just easing the tension, baby. <laughs> so uh, uh, what's cool about recording this today is that tomorrow I'm actually speaking with um, the, a listener who I think he listens, if not his wife listens. Yes. And, um, and we're talking about dad stuff. Just to talk. Yeah. yeah. And so, so I'm, I'm excited about that because um, I've done it once or twice before where I've, I've chatted with uh, fathers who were... A little reticent. Reticent or just 
wanting to learn more, just wanting to talk and connect. And um, I'm open for that, by the way. So, I mean, if, if, you know, if you're a partner listening right now and and you want to have a conversation with me, I'm so open for it. Or if you're, if you're a mama or wife and you would like your partner to, you know, chat, um, hit me up. Yeah, man. Hit us up. That'd be really cool. I'm open to it. So that's happening tomorrow at 2 p.m. So it's really great that we're recording this today. You know, kind of in prep for that. Awesome. See, yeah. everything is aligning. Cool. So um, I'm excited to get this. We get to see your interview skills. Oh. Yeah. Yes. I, hot seat. I've done a few. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But not with you sitting across from me and making faces like I'm sure you will. Let's go into the first initial stage of fatherhood. Like Maya is here. She's arrived. So go. let's go in the doing it at home time machine and go back to 16 months ago. What were those first few days and weeks like for you? I mean, typically it's all about, you know, what's mom like and how does she connect with, with baby? But how do you remember that being those first few days? Uh, I remember them being pretty quick. Um, I definitely remember uh, it. Definitely, you know, it was it was focused on you and focused on Maya. Um, it was just it was it was magical. It was amazing. Uh, we spent ten months preparing mentally, emotionally, physically. You know, our house and and everything. We spent all this time preparing for the day that had arrived, and it was, you know, it consumed all of my attention. You know, between. Maya and, and what she was doing and what she needed at the time and making sure that you were supported as well. And honestly, those first few days, I mean, we were nursing, we were breastfeeding, you were breastfeeding. So I wasn't feeding Maya at all. Uh, really, I think a big part of my job was bringing her to you and changing her. Yeah, you change. I don't think I changed a diaper for maybe oh, yeah, the first I got all four the days of her life. Poops. Well, they were fantastic. <laughs> so, you know, I was uh, I was on dad duty. And, you know, I, I just have this ability to go into go mode, especially when, when I'm needed to, to get into the modes. And so that's, that's what I remember most from those first few days, um, being in go mode, being there to do what I needed when I needed, uh, when I needed to. And really just, I, I, I can't say that I felt drained because I, it was, it was so new and exciting. You know, it's like, we go to Disney World a couple times a year, right? And when when you go to Disney, you might be walking around the park all day, all day long. And if you any other day of the year, you're telling me I'm going to be walking all day long, I'm like hell no. But when we're at Disney World, there's, I'm, I'm excited, and everything is new, and the smells and the sounds. That's what it was like, like mm. that that first just week, you know. And and yeah, the sleep was interrupted. I mean, I was up every ninety minutes, two hours needing to nurse. And so that meant I was up to go get her and bring her in. And that's different. But you're, you know, at least for me, I was flying off of so many uh, new, amazing emotions, excitement, adrenaline, like all of that stuff that I, I don't, I don't really remember or, or attach to some of the things that weren't as fun. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just to keep myself from rambling a whole lot um i remember being on duty i think it was a great way to put it kind of like okay where do i need to be what do i need to be doing um and and you know making sure like my big thing was and has always been to support you because i really believe 
uh, as as you are in your you know and how you're feeling. It's kind of how the household's going to be, mm. and I think it's it's kind of how Maya is going to sure. she's going to look to you. So for today, for example, you were feeling rough after I came home from you know meetings and stuff. Yeah, you looked at me and said you look rough. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know I'm not trying to be funny or anything no, like that. No, I know. Like, it was rough. Looked, yeah, you looked rough, and so my in that, that in that in that moment, I'm like, all right, what can I do for you? You know, I knew there's not much I can do for Maya. I could just love on her, but it's like, what can I do for you? So that's kind of the mindset I ad- mindset that I adopted those first few days. And uh, we also had help, which is fantastic. We had somebody staying with us for the whole first week. Kind of. My mom came into town very shortly after Maya was born. Yeah, but I mean, so we had my little sister, we had Bill, we had Nancy. It's like we had somebody who was here with us. Most of the day, yeah. And, and they spent the night, didn't they? I don't they? think so. Oh, so it was just during the day. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that helped. That meant that I didn't necessarily have to worry about buying groceries or you know doing the laundry. Right. So they helped with some chores. And that meant that I could just focus on you and Maya. That's great. And yeah, I remember. I remember helping you to the restroom every time you needed to go. I remember helping, you know, change different things and dispose of different things. And I just, I was on call. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, I have to mention that we're incredibly blessed and also at the same time intentional in how we've set up our lifestyle that you could be there so much of those first few days. You know, you could unplug basically from everything. You didn't have to report anywhere a couple days later or a week later, like a lot of dads do. So I'm sure that played a part in how you were able to show up as well yeah i mean you know the line of work that i'm in with uh with marketing um it really it was great that i mean i i quit my job before baby was born yeah because i wanted to be able to be at home 100 percent of the time right and so i worked at a marketing agency i was a director of a marketing agency and i left and I left to, you know, start my own. Well, I had already been doing my own thing, but to pour all my efforts into my own thing because I didn't need to report anywhere and I could control all of it. So I took, I don't know, like two months off. Mm-hmm. Took a nice amount yeah. of time where I just was on call. As and you should. Yeah, I mean, America. Goodness gracious, get your don't, stuff don't, together. Yeah, don't get us into that, man. <laughs> this whole not having. Yeah paternity leave off track oh my gosh so you know for me i was very fortunate like our brother-in-law chris he couldn't do that he's a firefighter right right so i I happened to be in a line of work where i could do that right so i took full advantage of it and uh, did everything i could to set set myself up to be able to show up the way that i wanted to as much as i wanted to um and yeah very very blessed and um continue to do that today yeah. You know, now it's it just keep things rolling and yeah, anyway. Can you think of a moment a first or something where you were really taken aback and kind of oh god, you know, I'm a parent or I have a daughter or I have a baby or we have you know whatever that is, like can you think of any moments like that or like oh, oh gosh. <laughs> the moments the moments for me where I've had like a like a holy crap moment. Right. Um when you were bleeding after giving birth. Okay. Because I couldn't do anything. Right. And 
Quick aside, if you have not listened to our birth story, you should. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I had a little bit of postpartum hemorrhaging, which a quick shot of Pitocin to my leg once they brought me to the bag, you know, quickly remedied. But, you know, for a second there, very calmly, but very deliberately, our midwives were like, hey, everyone, get the hell out of the way. We need to get started to the bed. And that's what they did. Yeah. Um, I- I'm not really aware of any of what was going on, but, you know, later as we talked and you just mentioned you could kind of see what was happening. And um, so I guess that's what you're referring to that. It was a little, yeah, just a little sh- shocking or. Like- yes. Yeah, so, so like the, the events that have happened over the past 16 months that have, um, I guess made me nervous or scared all have to do with health mm. or all health things. So you and the bleeding, um, the one time that I dunked Maya under the water in the bath Aww. and she like inhaled the whole bath. And then I went, I went to, google that you should never do and i <laughs> i searched like what happens if my baby inhales water and then all these people on these forums are saying they could dry drown or i think oh, that's what they God. called it and i'm sitting here like you know internally thinking holy crap holy crap what did i do that was not a great feeling mm-hmm. because i couldn't do anything yeah. i felt helpless um when maya bonked her head about four times a few weeks ago and we thought she had a concussion oh, i was like oh this crap child it, so for me, it's it's been those moments. Okay. Um, you know, I I think I've I've absolutely experienced just holy crap, I'm tired moments. Right. Um, but I I, I don't. I yeah, don't... I was I was more going for the like the I'm a parent, like I'm responsible. Like I for for example, I remember the first night we had her, the day we birthed her that night getting into bed with her we like nestled her in between the two of us and we straight up googled how to sleep with a newborn yeah (laughs) because we were like what do we do yeah that was that was a really interesting night because um you know you you prepare for so many things right you know i didn't prepare for co-sleeping and i didn't necessarily trust myself to not roll over her you know and 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 thinking back onto it I think it was the first three months. The first three months, I always had some sort of health thing in the back of my mind. I I get that, though, because, I mean, you you get this feeling and sense that they're so fragile and they're so new. Like, we thought we were going to break her and all these things. And, you know, there are are a lot of fear conversations around, you know, SIDS and and all that stuff. Exactly. And it's that stuff. It's like... Yeah, there's a fear that it could all be taken away. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that was in the back of my mind somewhere sure. for probably the first three months until she started to get a little bit bigger. Um, but yeah, that first night, we I pulled out the phone and I Googled best way to co-sleep because, you know, do we build her a, a pillow fort or <laughs> do we sleep on top of the covers and like, you know, hands at our side? <laughs> I just, we didn't really know and um, no one told us. Right. And so... I don't remember sleeping a whole lot that first night. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, with the, with the sleep stuff, I got to say, we've done episodes on this show talking about feedback that people will give you. You know, when you tell them, oh, we're going to have a home birth, you're going to get whatever fears or judgments or preconceived notions that they might be holding on to. The one thing, the one thing, man, that I am so tired of hearing is people talking about lack of sleep. And other people dumping that as a primary fear and, a, and, and a, you know, dumping that onto new parents. Yeah. I, there, there's not a whole lot else that bothers me, that irks me. That does. Hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't truly understand why, but I think it's just the, the, the fact that when people want to dump their fears onto you, but the sleep thing for me, they say, oh, say bye-bye to your sleep. And people will say it very 
you know, just like they'll like insert it in here, kind of, kind of cheeky. It just bothers me. It's like you know what my experience of it has been. Yes, there are definitely nights when you don't get a lot of sleep, but you make it through, right? And you know, it's part of it, right? (laughs) It's it's part of it. The same way that you change diapers, Mm -hmm. you know. But I don't hear people say like, "Oh, say goodbye to your nostrils." Yeah, change a lot of poopy diapers. (laughs) It's just part of it, but. I mean, man, the the amazing parts so far outweigh stuff like missed sleep that you aren't going to miss it. Bam. Well, you covered my sleep question, so I, thank you. Yeah, yeah I just I got to get on my soapbox. So if you if you're out there and you're you're the type of person who says that to other people, if you say it to me, I'm going to give you a look. <laughs> and so just maybe don't say that because it's not very it's not really appreciated. It doesn't help. And yeah. if you're the type of person who hears that from a lot of people, the way that I've heard it from so many people, you know what? It doesn't have to be... Their reality doesn't have to be your reality. Sure. And their experience doesn't have to be your experience. And, yeah. Cool. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm off my soapbox. No, that's great. You did an awesome job. Let's let's shift into, you know, you mentioned, especially in the beginning, Maya and I were nursing basically 24-7. Um, you know, you, I guess you could start there, but as time went on, how was witnessing and being a supporter and a person in the mix of the breastfeeding process how has that been for you because we're also still nursing so my 16 months old yeah. and you know i'm into that extended breastfeeding phase but um part of it was challenging for you at times if i remember correctly yeah the parts of breastfeeding that that were challenging for me were wanting to help in that area you know like we, we didn't do any formula so she was 100 percent breastfed until she started eating food and feeling like I couldn't help, mm. feeling like, you know, in the middle of the night, I couldn't just get up and go and, and feed her. Right. And we did some pumping, but you didn't really enjoy pumping a whole lot. No. So it wasn't, it, it was it was pretty infrequently that we would have pumped milk for me to use. So that was sometimes challenging, you know, and... I think that for me, when I see you having a hard time, I want to solve the problem. Right. And when it came to breastfeeding and and your breastfeeding experience and you being tired or, you know, your nipples hurting or just being empty, I couldn't do much to solve the problem. And that's when I had to go to the emotional place of supporting you emotionally. And that's hard for me at times. It was hard for me today, honestly. Mm. 
you know it, it was hard for me to um to truly empathize and and to say like what can i do to support you right because i just want to problem solve a lot of times like especially when i'm i've been going with work and projects and stuff like that's what i do i problem solve you know and i create solutions for people and so to shift gears has been hard and continues to be a challenge for me so with the breastfeeding i suggested formula a number of times yeah and it was always a solution to what i perceived as you know the the challenge that we were facing where it you know you were tired or we didn't have any or uh you were planning to go somewhere and we needed you know i needed milk for 8 hours and i would say okay well i'll find the most organic you know whatever crunchy <laughs> formula i can find um but you you stuck to your standard and and uh you said no so that was challenging at times mm-hmm. and um the moments when i was able to feed maya that was great. And it, she didn't take to the bottle initially. She didn't really I, like it. No. no. I'd say we did what? Maybe like 5% of the feedings. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. You know, so that's a few dozen bottles maybe that right. I that I did. Um, so Maya did not enjoy it at first. And that required a lot of patience for me. And um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a patient guy. I was a patient guy before Maya. And uh, I say that I have created Jedi-like patience after Maya, <laughs> and uh, which means I have a lot of patience. Um, but still, sometimes the feeding stuff was was frustrating for me because, like, I just wanted to feed you. Like, I just want to feed you. You're you're crying because you're hungry. Just let me feed you. Right. Come on, kid. Let me feed you. It's right here. Right. <laughs> I got it. I got I the got stuff. It. And I, you know, I'd be like, "Look, it's mommy's milk." Right. Oh yeah. You know, doing all that stuff. And uh, when it wouldn't work, that was frustrating. Um, especially because we didn't do it very often. So it's like oh, the one time I get a chance to to feed you, you don't want it. Uh, so that was tough. Um, but she eventually would take it. And then when she did start to take the bottle, it was the greatest feeling ever. It was like, oh, look, you know, I want to take videos of it and take pictures of it. Um, so, you know, the breastfeeding experience for me has been a role that has challenged me uh, in to 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 be a truly just purely supportive whether it's physically supportive or emotionally supportive that's what it's called of me and that has been hard for me at times and how would you say you feel about breastfeeding now i'm sure not knowing a whole lot about it before <clears throat> parenthood before we had maya what what are your thoughts and feelings on it or do you have a deeper appreciation for it yeah, i i think it's amazing uh, you know, when you're able to breastfeed, I, I think that's, it's fantastic. Um, if you're unable to breastfeed and you really want to, I, I, you know, I feel for you as, as deeply as I can. I can only imagine how frustrating that must be. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so happy that it worked for us. Yeah. I think the bond, the bonding has been incredible. And, um, I just, uh, You've that that's been an element of motherhood that I know you wanted to be able to experience, and so um, I, I am very very grateful that we were that we were blessed in that way. Um, I think breastfeeding is awesome, and I love when I see it in public. Mm. It it's super cool. Uh, I remember the first few times you breastfed in public, and you know I felt like I felt like I was the bodyguard or something. yeah, I felt like I was the bodyguard, like looking around, <laughs> like what, like. Yeah, she's breastfeeding. Yeah, 
you know and uh and and i remember seeing a woman where were we and we saw a woman in line just holding the baby yeah it was right at the coffee boob. shop oh my god it was awesome yeah i was like yo and like no blanket give her like no, the, the nod like a, a special like breastfeeding wink man i thought that was so cool yeah that was really cool so i think i think breastfeeding is awesome i think uh the way people are afraid of it or offended by it um speaks more to their where they are in their own lives uh than to the act itself it's a beautiful thing well said well so since you could not and cannot and I don't think you will be able to anytime soon, breastfeed. There were other ways that you found to connect with Maya or have yeah. like special daddy Maya time. And what was that for you? It's a couple things. Uh, the, the first one and the biggest one was bath time. Bath time was super special for me. Yeah, so yeah. cute. And uh, I would get in the tub with her and sit her on my lap. And uh, from when she was days old, you know, it was a picture of me. Maybe you can post it, maybe, or maybe I'll post it because I'll be the one doing this. Uh, I'll, pu- I'll put it with the episode, but um, a picture of me bathing her, and we still do it now, you know, from time to time. Now she she can sit in there and play yeah. on her own, but those days were, for some reason recently, she's hated bath. Yeah. So when she's really being fussy, I'll jump in there again, mm-hmm. and she'll just sit and play. Um, that was a very, very special time, and um, I think it was great because it was the, it was an area where you were comfortable letting me lead it. Yeah. And a lot of that came from initially when she got her first few baths, uh, I was still healing yeah. from my tear and everything. So I didn't, I couldn't really move around like that and like get in the tub like that with her. So it was, you know, mainly cause you were the viable <laughs> option yeah. to do that. But then it kind of became your time. And those first few months until I started, um, until our schedules switched up a bit and then I was the only one with her one or two nights a week, I had like given her one bath, I think. <laughs> and then there was a period of time where I didn't like doing it because she was very boob obsessed for a while. And mm-hmm. if she saw them, she had to have them. And so that made it not a really fun, enjoyable experience for us. So I'm so glad that you guys have had that in your bond. Yeah. You know, I'd say for, for moms listening, um, maybe try letting your partner have that yeah have that time you know that that, that can be their thing mm-hmm. you know because you get a lot of time with baby mm-hmm. as mom especially if you're breastfeeding and so i think it's really fantastic for the dads and the partners to just be able to have the their thing you know and and i've created other times when it's just my and i and we do fun stuff um one that i was doing early on was um, early morning coffee runs and early morning like mm. grocery store trips. Because um, what we used to do when when Maya was waking up a few times in the night, um, Sarah, you would get up and you'd nurse. And then, you know, that might have been like two in the morning. And then when Maya woke up around 6.30 or 7, I'd get up and take her and you'd keep sleeping. Right. So Maya would be and I would be hanging out and I'd just throw her in the car and we'd go to the store. And we might go get breakfast, we might go get coffee, we might go to, you know, grocery shopping, whatever it was. And that was always fun. Mm-hmm. I, I still love taking Maya around with me. And I'll still throw her in the car just to go do little small things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, leave the diaper bag because I'm like, yeah, we'll be back soon. And, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily like do the whole like pack up all her stuff and make sure she has everything. I'm just, you're portable, let's go. <laughs> and that's been a fun time because we would listen to different things or we'd sing different things or I'd just talk to her. 
and um, she would always just be happy and and just be playing or just babbling. Um, that's been fun. Mm-hmm. And recently, the nighttime routine. Yeah. So bath time, and then I take her into the room and uh, you know dry her off, put on her diaper, put on her PJs, um, read to her. So now she loves books, so she'll grab three or four books and we'll, we'll read them. Uh, we actually don't, I don't do a lot of reading because she just wants to turn the pages real fast. <laughs> um, but then I developed a little cute nighttime routine and she has these stuffed animals on her wall. And I'll say, say goodnight, night, say night, night to, uh, to panda, say night, night to elephant, say night, night to unicorn. And she'll, you know, go up and kiss each one and, and wave to each one. And, you know, just developing that routine that, that she comes to expect. And um, that's been a lot of fun. And so to have those little moments that I know I can I can spend time with her, especially if it's been a day where I've been gone a lot of the day, which is rare, but it does happen when I do some some you know afternoon things. To know that I can have this little nighttime routine, um, that's been great. So I'd say my my special one on one times uh, have been bath time, nighttime routine, early morning, early morning things, and. Um, there was dance parties, but now mommy's joined the dance parties. <laughs> Watch out now. Yeah. So again, uh, you know, I reiterate for moms out there, see, you know, it might be tough for you to relinquish the baby for a period of time throughout the day so that your partner can just have one-on-one time. But just speaking as a dad who who was able to get it, it is so special. It is so special. And, you know, it's something that, Maya may not remember the details of it when she's older, but she'll remember just that that feeling of being with her daddy, and that's that's what I have always wanted. So, be open. That's all. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Be open. Well, and to share from my perspective, yeah, sometimes it's a little challenging at first, especially with nighttime routine, because normally I would nurse her to put her down, but once. I, you know, a couple nights went by where I, I didn't or couldn't or whatever. And so she, oh my gosh, she's able to go to sleep without nursing, you know, and she falls asleep on her own and she, you know, gets in the crib awake and, and she can put herself to sleep. Anyway, as time went on, I'm happy to hand that time over. It's almost awesome because I can go do something during that time or I can cook dinner while you put her down or, or whatever. So, um, you know, I see those now as pockets for me time rather than time I'm not with Maya, you know, instead yeah. of that, it's, it's for me. So I, well, I was talking to, um, this was a listener from my other podcast and, uh, we were talking and he asked me about fatherhood and he asked me about some of the different routines and things. And it's funny in their dynamic, he and his wife, they're sort of reversed where the wife is, oh, okay, sorry. I'm not, I'm not, I'll make sure I say this. I'm not trying to offend you. The way that he was putting it, was that he was the one who was a little bit more rigid and the wife was the one a little bit more relaxed. Okay. Well, that doesn't offend me because I know I'm more rigid than you are. So I'm not when saying you're rigid. Yeah. So, so it was, it was interesting because he and I were in reversed roles. Gotcha. And so what he was, what he was asking is, you know, do I have any sort of special one-on-one time? Because his wife was having a hard time not inserting herself in any one-on-one time opportunities. Oh, okay. So she wanted to be there for bath time as well. She wanted to be there for the for the morning stuff. She wanted to be there for the nighttime stuff. And that was getting to be frustrating for him because he felt like he didn't have a lot of one-on-one time. And he felt like it was because she didn't trust him. Mm. And so there was some butting of heads and some sure. friction around trust, 
which, you know, I'm sure could be, you know, deep seated type of things. Yeah. But um, that was interesting to hear because I hadn't hadn't experienced that personally. Um, so, you know, if you're listening and, and you think that that's going on, um, all I'm saying is as a father, husband, partner who was given the opportunity to create one-on-one routines with with baby it's been amazing it's been really amazing and it's something that um, i cherish i really do those bath times it's very very special to me and so yeah that's awesome well let's shift gears for a second and talk about integrating back into work i mean you mentioned you took like two months off that's probably been one of the biggest challenges for me over the past 16 months, I would say, is figuring out our time management and uh, integration of the scheduling, car, you know, usage, whatever. How has that been for you? Uh, constant learning opportunity, constant opportunity for patients, um, constant opportunities for working on my productivity and efficiency and organization. So... We, you know, you and I have a lot of stuff happening that we do from home. Um, we've got multiple podcasts that we record and, and produce. Um, I've got my business, you know, and I work with my different clients. Um, and, you know, you've got the clients that you work with both virtually and, you know, locally on location. Right. Um, Tuesday nights, I'm running the, the play camp. And so we've got a number of things happening most days during the week. And then we have one car. (laughs) So, and then having a kid, like all of that stuff would be interesting without even adding the kid element to it. So that's been, I I guess the, it's been, it's been a challenge at times. Um, It's required a lot of just being very intentional, being very organized. Um, And for the first, what, six months, it was just a, like all over the place. Yeah. It was all over the place. And yeah, we, just we didn't did get our, our stuff together for a no. bit. We just did our very best to to keep our heads above water for the first about six months. And then we started to realize, okay, we need some help. Yeah. And uh, we have this amazing, amazing, really close friend, Donna, uh, who is Maya's nanny. And that to me is a is a very... Um, high title. So I use the word nanny very intentionally. You grew up with nannies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. did. You had people live in yeah. your house. Yeah. yeah, we did. My mom was a nurse. My dad was a doctor and they were always working. Yeah. So so we had live-in au pairs or nannies or whatever you call them, babysitters. I think it's awesome. I, I obviously, I did not have that experience, but um, growing up and having friends from different countries and different cultures, um, that was that was normal for them so i think you know i think a lot of that is a cultural kind of mindset too on what that means and what it means to have help or a certain level of help or for a certain period of time like it there's a lot of meaning attached to a lot of that but i say whatever works great and if there's another person loving on your kid who you love trust and enriches everyone's life i mean how is that not a win i think we've we've moved away from you know the village mentality of a village raising your child and you know multiple aunties and and uncles and things like that it's like anyway that's a whole other conversation but yeah you were saying <laughs> yeah so the first six months um it was 
a struggle at times. There was definitely early mornings and late nights yeah. just getting business stuff done. Um, and, you know, and then producing the show and moving to two episodes a week and, uh, and, and just doing all of that. Um, it, we, I would do my work around the baby and, and then around our schedules. And so we did two things um, that have really helped us. We started to coordinate our schedules every Sunday. Uh, sit down and you know write down what we've got going on throughout the week um, and really rely on our calendars and communicate. That was huge. So having everything written down. And then the second thing we did was hire Donna yeah. and have Donna come three days a week. Yeah. And that has been phenomenally huge. And so that helped. You know, that really helped. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly feeling like I could use an extra four, five, six, 12 hours. And what, what that's really, you know, I'm not going to say forced, but what that's really given me the opportunity to do um, is to become highly efficient with my business and to really focus on those tasks that move the needle and, and to kind of pour myself into those things and understand what is just sort of extra and I can release. And so that's just helped me in my business and it's helped me with my clients. And um, that's been a skill that I'm, I'm happy to have, uh, to have learned and honed. But it's funny because we say this a lot. We'll say, how were we not taken over the world before a baby? Because we get Donna for 12 hours a week. 12 hours a week. And outside of that time, you know, we're, we're putting in a couple hours in the morning, some, some hours, at least for me, you don't, you don't tend to work at night. Um, I get my creative, yeah, I get my creative bursts at night. So I don't do like any tedious work, but like, that's when I get creative and build websites and design (laughs) stuff. So we do all that stuff around a kid. And I mean, we're managing a lot of big, heavy, awesome things and, and growing them and adding on to them. I think back, I'm like, how was, how are we not freaking like, I don't know, just running everything before a baby. And that's been a kind of a cool perspective. Yeah. You know, and um, so I guess to condense this down into some maybe like bullet points or summarize, um, it's been a challenge to figure out the work and figure out how to get stuff done. <clears throat> it's it's that challenge has helped me to improve and to be better at what I do, to be more efficient at what I do. Um, it's inspired me to scale, you know, like to to hire people and to work with people and to delegate. Um, that's been great. It's it's tightened our communication, and you know we we're now really sort of a well oiled machine. And I think all of those are are great things. So, you know, we went through six months of just running around with our, you know, chicken with the head cut off, but we made it work. And now whenever we do get an extra hour of time, it's like golden time. (laughs) And we're like, what are we going to do? Are we going to sleep? Are we going to have sex? Are we going to do more work? Are we going to go here? It's like, what are we going to do with this magical hour? (laughs) And, uh, and, and I love it and I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't change a thing. You know, it's, it's awesome. It is awesome. So kind of wrapping up here, what, I guess you could kind of go stream of consciousness with this advice 
or things you would like to impart for those partners or the moms listening who are going to then run back and tell their partners about what they listen to, kind of give them the Cliff's Notes version of it. Um, either highlights from 16 months postpartum as a dad or uh, advice, you know, anything you just kind of want to. So I'll start with my dad postpartum advice. Um, I'll start with just trusting yourself. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure that you've read books or wanted to read books or watched movies and documentaries and asked questions and did all the stuff or did some of the stuff or did none of the stuff. And if you did none of the stuff, that's fine. Just trust yourself. Like, you know, that that father gene is is within you or that, that drive to be that sort of parent, you know, that, that parental figure, that's within you. And I think that we want to rely on the counsel of others more than we need to. You know, you'll know when you need to reach out to somebody, when you need to ask for help, when you don't have the answers. But then you'll also know when you just aren't confident in your answers. I think that's, that's huge. I think that's really big. And so, you know, you've, you've got that within you and just trusting yourself. Um, I also think it's so huge and so important that you support the mom in whatever way it works best for your situation. You know, if you're, if you're married or if you're in your committed relationship, you know, support, love on, make sure the mom is feeling and being her best, you know, make sure that she's in her optimal health, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, socially, all those areas, because as she thrives, the house thrives, you thrive, and baby thrives. And if there's things that are going on in your relationship, like the kid's going to magnify them because your patience is is worn out. You know, the amount of, of downtime you have is is decreased. You know, you might be hungry and tired by the end of the day, and then that little thing that would just be a little thing that you would let go and it would be fine the next morning. Well, now it's a big thing because you have no more patience and your emotional tank is low and you just are venting or whatever it is. So those things come out when you have a kid. So I think it's it's incredibly important that in this postpartum, you know, in this when you have the kid, like make sure you put some time and energy into strengthening your relationship with with uh, with your partner and you know I, I also think that stuff is going to come up and that's okay you know like stuff is going to happen with uh, with the baby that you won't have an answer for you know they might hurt themselves or catch a cold like Maya has now or uh, bump their head and look like they're about to you know be pass out because they're concussed or whatever it is like stuff is going to happen and um, it's not very realistic to think that you're going to have a, uh, a a kid that's never going to experience any sort of bump or bruise or anything like that so kind of understanding that and and you don't have to you don't have to uh, just sort of let go let you know let go let your guard down all the time and all of that but just understanding that they are kids and it's sort of part of exploring and learning the world I think has helped you know, I think it's helped for me. Like I've gotten even more, uh, I'd say, relaxed on certain things than I probably would have because I'm like, I could stop this kid from doing every little thing or I could just back away and make sure she doesn't get into anything really bad. 
And, you know, I think I, I've, I've done that. Um, also, be okay with your own ebbs and flows. Mm. You know, if, if you had minor ebbs and flows of energy and, and motivation and patience throughout the day before baby, you might have major ebbs and flows, ups and downs after baby. And it doesn't mean that, that you are uh, doing a poor job. It doesn't mean that you're losing at the parenting game. You know, if you feel like you want to, you know, if, if, you, if you just feel at your wit's end, uh, if you feel emotional, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean that you're doing a poor job. You know, raising a kid is not the easiest thing in the world. You know, like, there are definitely challenging parts. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. It's the most fun thing that I've ever done. You know, but it hasn't always been easy. Right. And so I think believing that it should be easy or believing that you should always show up in a certain way is, uh, is, is a bit unrealistic. And I think just kind of like that ocean current, like it goes up and down, tide goes in and out. Like that's what happens with, with the kids too. You know what I mean? Like there's good days and then there's crappy days. There's days where you're like, I could change 100%. I don't care. And there's days where you're like, yo, I just put my finger in poop. I'm done with this. I'm done. <laughs> and Quit. <laughs> yeah. And then there's times like at night where, you know, you're just in that great sleep. You're having that great dream. You're just, you know, you're, you're chilling in REM. And then you hear the baby cry. And it just, yeah. And your heart starts to race. Yeah. And your, your anxiety shoots through the roof. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> You know, and then your your partner taps you on the shoulder, and the like the three little taps feel like she's freaking pounding you because like you're so sensitive in that moment. Like it it happens, but just because you experience that doesn't mean that you're a bad father, you're a bad partner, right. you're a bad parent. It just means that you're human. You're human. Yeah. Cut yourself some slack. Yeah, I think that's Cut a great point. Cut yourself some slack. And, and I think I think also being aware of when you need something. Mm. Because we spend so much time making sure that mom is okay and being the, the bodyguard and the, you know, the hawk uh, on the little baby. I understand that your tank's going to get empty too. You can't operate off of fumes. And although we want to be prideful and say we can do it all, no. No. You know, and, and so if, if it's something small you need or something big you need, recognize it. And be bold enough to, to go and ask for it. You know, if, if it's not asking your partner, maybe it, there's a buddy that you can ask or a close girlfriend or somebody that you can ask and say, hey, listen, I'm feeling like I need, I, I need this right now. I need something. And um, because, you know, the, the postpartum depression is real for moms. And, and I, don't, I, don't know the, I don't know the statistics or anything like that, but I got to imagine that it's real for the dads and for the partners as well. Yeah, just manifesting in a different way. Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah. And I can only imagine the guilt that comes on when, you know, uh, the, the dads or partners feel that, you know, like, I didn't give birth. I didn't go through that. Why am I feeling this? I right. can't feel I that feel way. Like you're not allowed to. Yeah, yeah, like you're not allowed to, you know, but it comes up and it's, you know, you, you, you can't push that stuff down. So, <clears throat> you know, my advice is, is to, is to, to deal with with that and and look at that and and be aware of that in the most healthy way possible. Reach out, talk to folks, um, because you know I think it, it it all comes back to what you were playing for in the beginning, and that was healthy baby, family, 
having those experiences and you want to be and, and show up the best way that you can. And um, there's no shame in needing and needing some help and reaching out. Mm-hmm. I've absolutely reached out to to male friends, to father figures, to people like, hey, listen, I just need I need a hand. I need someone to come, you know, pick me up. I need you to grab some food for me. I need to vent. I need some perspective. Uh, I, I I need to let out some emotion. Like I've absolutely done it. And all of that just helps me to be a, a greater father, a greater partner, greater husband, you know, a greater Matthew. And if I can get that out of parenthood on top of having an awesome kid and a, and a wonderful family, then I've totally won. And I'll keep, I'll keep doing that. That's so awesome. <laughs> that, that, I mean, yes, that's great. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thanks for sharing, you know, part of your experience and thanks for being open to this and how are my interviewing skills? Did I do okay? Oh, great. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, for you out there listening, if you have questions for Matthew or for both of us, either of us about anything we talked about or, you know, you have a compelling fatherhood, postpartum, you know, story or aspects to share, things that you learned, we want to hear from you. So reach out to us, uh, email us directly at hello at diahpodcast.com. We personally answer every single email that comes through. And you can also connect with us on Instagram at diahpodcast is where you can find us there. And um, tag us in your photos of your home birth or your home birth babies or your home birth families. And um, we'll check those out and give you a comment or even reshare some of your your photos there. So anything else you want to add, Matthew, before we wrap up? You're doing a great job. You're going to do a great job. Just enjoy it as much as possible. Well said. Yep. You heard it from Mr. Matthew Bivens. Yep. Thank you, you guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We love you all. We appreciate you all. And um, we'll catch you in the next episode, I guess. Peace. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>